0: Aloha, Maui. Hey, this is Josh Porter,
1: and Jason Verkhardt.
0: Welcome to the Solar Coaster, episode ninety-five. This is system design software. Talking to some really cool companies, right? A little while back, too, right, Jay?
1: Yeah, part of our uh, long-running series of SPI interviews, uh, we went out there and met with three of the, two of the major players in solar design software, and then one really, really interesting technology that doesn't necessarily fit with just your standard image of, of solar design. They're they're really providing um, near uh, high-resolution images of landscape and and property and and. Cool stuff called Near Map. So Near we're going to hear all about them. Near Map. And the other two if, companies are Solar it, Nexus and Aurora Solar, the design companies for correct. solar installers, right? Yep. Yep. If you have any interest, I would stick around for the Near Map one. If you like uh, aerial images of any kind for your business or just for. Your, your pleasure if you troll Google Maps <laughs> look, look for interesting if you things. want to get down to, the, um, to sti- the, sti- stick around <laughs> <An> inch <Yes. laughs> right yeah stick around stick around and listen to listen to near map because it might be applicable to your business even if you don't do solar at all <laughs> yeah and in full disclosure
0: folks gonna get a little geeky here and give you some geek disclosure we're going to get into some of how how a solar installer would utilize these uh, software systems to design your solar proposal and so it could certainly sure. could lean towards the installation community but if you're uh, kind of interested in and learning how these things uh, are built and where they're at, and the state of uh, the software and design capabilities, this is your show. So uh, please yeah, listen yeah, in. Usually, Let's do it. Let's this, do it.
1: This is, this is where your proposal comes from. <laughs> when they sit down at the coffee table. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay.
0: okay, folks. We are the Solar Coaster Renewable Energy Theme Talk Show right here in lovely Maui, Maui County. We can be found Fridays at 105 p.m. Uncle Oi, 11:10 a.m. Also on 96.7 FM Central Maui, 96.5 FM West Side, 98.7 FM Up Country
1: website www.solar-coaster.com you can listen live there right now if you're outside our broadcast area scroll down the bottom and you can get on a mailing list or submit questions uh if you have a question you don't want to call in for whatever reason uh put it on the website we'll get to you uh itunes stitcher and tune in also all carry the solar coaster just type in solar coaster or say hey siri or alexa play me solar coaster podcast and we'll pop right up there
0: Excellent. And we are sponsored by a great group of companies, Sundrum Solar, Pantech Design, LG Chem, and a couple of our earlier sponsors are knocking out the door right now, so we should be able to fill that out shortly. This is a call-in show, 808-242-7800 is the call-in line, 808-242-7800. Please be aware that these, these sessions are pre-recorded, so we may not be able to take your call now, but if you leave a question, we'll get back to you
1: for sure. Oh, wait, we'll, answer the, we'll answer the phone, but it won't be on there. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's jump over to our Pantech Design Minute number nine. Is- Pantech Design Minute Smart Controls. Your adapt home energy automation system employs sophisticated technology to make controls simple, familiar, and easy to use anywhere you find yourself.
0: Imagine you're out at the store getting groceries to prepare for an incoming storm. When the power goes out, your ADAPT-powered smart home will contact you on your mobile phone with an email or a text message. ADAPT provides preset options to help you prepare for the nature of the outage, short, medium, or long duration, for example. But with this single interaction, you can prepare your home for anything.
1: You then get in the car and head back home listening to weather reports and getting further acquainted with the nature of the storm. Looks like it's going to be a big one. Through Bluetooth enabled voice controls, you can easily modify your instructions to preserve longer battery runtime, all without taking your eyes off the road.
0: You finally arrived, and upon entry, ADAPT welcomes you home by turning up lights and unlocking doors, making it easy to bring in your armloads of groceries. The weather reports you were listening to in the car seamlessly transition to your home's audio system so you don't miss any important information, you settle down to enjoy a cup of tea and wait out the storm in safety with your family. There you go. Pantech uh, never ceases to amaze, uh, Pantech design there.
1: It's getting cooler and cooler, the more we learn about what you can integrate and what what the system can do for you.
0: And it all comes down to the narrative, right? When you ask yourself, oh, this amazing technology, that's great, but what does it do? It comes down to what is the experience utilizing that technology, and that's when you start to understand the value. Yeah, what it's
1: like to live with it, right? Very cool, very cool. Okay,
0: let's jump into our news and events, Jay.
1: Cool. Tell me which one you do want to do first. Uh, I don't know. L- let's anymore. take let, <laughs> Yeah, we were going back and
0: forth. Let's take a look at what's going on in India. There's a, a new um, new program with the government. They're trying to get about 12 gigawatts of that originally committed 100 gigawatts of solar online. Um, yeah, and uh, what is this? This is I uh, from Clean Technica.
1: Okay, so 12 12 gigawatts. So that's a, that's a it's a clean technica article. But 12 gigawatts is approximately like 12 uh, standard sized nuclear efficient reactors uh, across the nation Um, they're putting 1.2 billion dollars worth of support into the effort which is which is unprecedented i think it's a huge huge amount of of um of funding available for um project developers to kind of close the gap to, to to make these projects materialize more quickly
0: viability gap funding they're
1: calling it right yeah. Yes. Exactly. Um, so, a 12 gigawatt scheme was approved just last week. Um, the, start, the government decided to scrap um, part of another scheme that was that was just. I mean, the market changes too fast, right? There's just too much going on. Um, they still have a target to reach um, 100 gigawatt of installed capacity by 2022, which is like right around the corner. So. Let's see. <laughs> Will throwing more money at the problem make it go away?
0: Yeah, it's uh, you know it's interesting. I've been thinking more and more about how governments play a role in these market forces. And when you have something like climate change on the horizon, when you have something like massive demand for energy and clean energy, and you have uh, you know major uh, environmental pollution in your cities, you know, the government obviously needs to step in and make sure that the velocity of deployment of these systems keeps up with what they need. And so, of course, sure. you want free market forces at play, but there's definitely a, a clear. Uh, uh, role for government to play to seed this and push this along so I mean it's, I guess it's good to see that it, that this hundred gigawatt goal that they're keeping an eye on that they're, they're pushing forward They're doing everything they can to keep it up and running
1: Yeah, and updating the programs as they go. Absolutely.
0: What's going on in the USJ?
1: Uh, developer eyes world's largest solar and storage facility for Texas. This is in our utility dive article yeah. uh, in Texas. Yeah, um, so they're talking about uh, 495 megawatts. That's about half a gigawatt Um of of solar and storage to be built in Borden County. Um, it's not guaranteed that this will, of course, be built. Uh, they're still concerned that they won't be able to push it through. But there's an interesting hitch to this. It's actually being put in the area, the Permian Basin, to meet the needs of oil field operations. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> wait, what?
0: <laughs> so solar energy is being used to uh, to extract fossil fuels from the earth. Is that what we're hearing?
1: Correct. Correct. It's, that's what it sounds like to me, and and it's it. it they're also trying to. Um, they've got a, a motion in front of the legislature uh, saying that they want to not be classified. They want don't want to classify the energy storage part as generation because they get taxed in a different way. So they're trying to trying to kind of circumvent the. Uh, the, the law of, of Texas um, on the, on the battery side, which is which is kind of interesting.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, it's you know what's interesting to me also, it's like it just came out of this uh, this conference over in Toronto and this conversation about. Uh, these kind of re- more remote areas where these mines and and uh, fossil fuel extraction facilities are, sometimes they have energy power generation issues. And some of these up in Canada are using diesel to extract, when you talk about mines as opposed to you know uh, sure. oil fields. And they're using diesel to actually extract all of this, right? So the offset, as we know, diesel is very expensive, especially when you're shipping it in to remote locations. And then offsetting that with other types of energy sources can be a really uh, kind of low-hanging fruit, right? So um, right. It's, it's interesting that they're, they're looking for other sources Sources of energy in these kind of areas where they, where they, you know, they don't have a lot of options, I guess, at the moment. So there you go. Texas, Texas, it's always got to have that, uh, that title of, you know, what's big. It's Everything, always going to be Texas. Everything's, everything's big, always right? bigger in Texas. So they, they get the people, biggest battery. They never battery. get enough of that. Never get enough of that. <laughs> Did you want to talk yep. about what's going on in, in, in Kentucky briefly? I mean, um, I thought it was kind of. Mm, yeah,
1: really mm-hmm. quick. I want to, I want to jump right over this Blue Pillar article. Okay. Um, so Blue Pillar enables, um, energy smart university network in Hawaii. So the um, Honolulu uh, University of Hawaii Honolulu campus and its, its satellite offices, um, they ha- have installed a ton of solar. We've actually reported o- on it over the years. Um, but what they've been, what they really didn't know what the uh, the effect of all this is. Basically, they got a they got a bill at the end of the month, and yes, the bill went up, but the bill went down. Maybe. The individual systems have like a reporting mechanic, you know, you get your little end phase report or whatever that tells you how much energy you generated over the um, over the month. But um, they really didn't know how all their buildings consumed energy and in what profile. And so they've tasked this blue pillar startup to interconnect all of the uh, devices and buildings that and they all these have. And are kind and they're
0: of now... disparate to vendors and techno- to brands and technologies, right? Right.
1: It, it's just a just hodgepodge of random stuff. But that's kind of Blue Pillars' deal is that they've got this catalog of, of known devices and protocols, and they're now getting 2,600 data points per second from the campus.
0: So it's like how much energy you're generating in this solar system, that solar system, this solar system, how much you're consuming at this building and that building and this building. I mean, they're getting all this data together and then they're going to be able to make some decisions about how to optimize.
1: They're going to make some decisions, right? They haven't made any decisions. It's only just started collecting data, but it's really cool that this stuff is starting to exist.
0: Spectacular. Okay, so folks, you'll notice our news and events was unusually brief. Uh, That's because we have to get into our commercials. We're going to jump right back with our main focus from SPI 2018 about uh, system design software. Pantech Design is ushering the world into a new Age of home energy automation through the convergence of smart home technologies and renewable energy management. Unifying solar energy production, intelligent energy storage, and smart breaker technologies with smart home devices, Pantech Design's complete home energy automation suite incorporates unprecedented control of lighting, shades, climate, security, hot water, electric vehicle charging, and many other systems. Contact Pantech today at pantechdesign.com. Okay, folks, those are great uh, sponsors that have kept the solar coaster on air. We're going to jump over into our uh, SBI 2018 series. This is from October. When is it? October, September, right, Jay?
1: Yeah, about that, Um September, september, <laughs> 20, so long late ago,
0: september yeah. of 2018 spi we're in march right now obviously yep. we've got a lot of interviews there so we're going to jump right into our interview with solar nexus which is an amazing design software with michael palmquist and one of his staff members his name is missing i'm missing it at the moment <laughs> so we're here with michael palmquist Correct. and eric wiener from solar nexus so i mean now solar project sponsor side of the fence we've been using this product for two or three years now nice. love it right it's really kind of my comfort zone i was just telling eric this We're dying for on-grid battery modeling out there. I'm bar getting like 10 proposals a day. (laughs) Please help me, Michael, (laughs) right?
2: We've got it, we're delivering on that. Excellent, (laughs) excellent, let's hear all about it. Okay, so we're gonna take a look here at a project uh, that we've already started. Uh, It's a residential customer in Hilo, all right? And uh, Eric has uh, created this project already and he's already modeled a few systems. So we're looking at moving the client to different tariffs. Okay. And so we've modeled a few different options. And in this case, we're looking at the CSS. Yep. All right. Consumer self-supply. That's right. So we've got a PV system. And the PV system right now is sized to offset about 90% of okay. the customer's annual load. Is that typically optimal for CSS systems? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Just, yeah, we can talk more about that later. Okay. Exactly. We still have a, a bit of testing to we're do. We're all learning to, here. Yes, we're all, all learning. We're all still, we're all still learning. Yep. Uh, but what, will, what I will point out here is you'll see that we have the storage showing the annual self-consumption. Okay. So we've got a total self-consumption of the 90% of their offset. So, um,
0: is it okay if I ask questions while yes, we go through this? Yes, absolutely. So, 75.2, so we have an 89.8% shows PV offset. So assuming yep. you've got a... bill almost 90% of it is offset by PV generation. That's what we're looking at right now. And we've got a total of 75.2% annual self-consumption. I take that to mean just by the general kind of like labeling here that that's energy that's consumed right out of the panels. Is that accurate?
2: Out of the panels, but the 43.9% is directly out of the panels. Oh, I got you. So So you the extra 31% of that is Benefit of the storage. I got you.
0: So 75.2% is the is, the ag, is the, the aggregate of the total of the 43.9 and the 3.013. Correct. So 43.9 is what you get right out of the panels. So a daytime energy curve, like 9 to 3, you're pulling out of that, you're consuming that right out of the panels. You're not having to store that, right? That's right. And then this, uh, and then what's the other number? Yeah. Third, uh, 31 inch. Change. 31 change. That's right. what you're storing and shouldering in the evenings and the mornings. Correct. And so okay. let's
2: dive in and take a closer look at that. Okay. Alright. So what you're seeing here now, this is an energy flow diagram. Love it. And this is the shows the entire year. You can see all 12 months. Okay. And for each of the months, you can see the customer's load, and you can see how we're matching the customer's load. How are we providing the customer's load? Okay. And so you can see here in the green, this is the PV, directly consumed yep. PV. Need to load, right? The battery, the blue is the battery. Yep. And this is the grid. Okay.
0: Okay. okay. And that's our whole goal there is to mitigate right. the grid buy, right?
2: Exactly. So what we've done here, now this is the excess PV is the below the line, right? So right. Here we're just showing the consumption. This is the stuff that isn't being consumed. And is that matching low. the uh, battery battery load? Right. So this is the battery charge, the battery discharge. Got it. And obviously there's some, there's a little bit of losses there, so you're not getting perfect. But then you can see what we've got left is the PV being exported to the grid, and we're trying to minimize that. So it's
0: assuming we have some export functionality or, or right. program capability, right? Like maybe in a CGS. With yeah. a plus battery system, then we could right. get some and yeah. get a wholesale rate for that exactly. pale green color. There. Exactly,
2: exactly. That's now, uh, for each of these, you can hover over and see what the actual numbers are. Now, for July, I'm just going to go ahead and click on July here and let's actually dive into yeah. the closer, take a yeah, closer look select. at the numbers. So now we can see the entire month of July, day by day, what's actually okay. happening. And one thing that you can see is there's some unevenness there and that's because of the uh, variation in the weather yeah right so we're actually looking at hour by hour what is the weather like what is the consumption of the customer look like? and we can actually click on then a specific day. and Let's take a look at this one specific day. So this is Saturday, July 15th, and again, we can see the customers load hour by hour throughout the day. We can see the PV generation starting up here around 6am in this case, and as it expands, comes up, comes up, their load is being completely satisfied by the PV mm-hmm. directly. Yeah. And we start charging the battery with our excess. Yeah. So all of the yellow here, that's all charging the battery. And then we got our battery filled up and we got a little bit that we're spilling uh, love out. It. Yeah. Okay. Now we actually the PV uh, generation drops below the customer's load. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, we satisfy the rest of their load with the battery storage that we So in the uh, evening, the
0: literally, people. there's no grid buy from five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10, in this particular example, yeah. at 10 p.m., we start to see some grid buy, presumably because the load is more than the, the batteries already discharged their energy. That's right? right? Okay. Yeah, that's right. Got it. Mm-hmm.
2: That's right, and so we could actually go, you know, even day by day, and you can see the variations. But we're actually modeling every cycle of the battery every single day, mm-hmm. so you can see, you know, okay, we got some cloud cover coming in, so yeah. you can see we're actually, you know, pulling so in. So
0: what are you seeing? So uh, it's it's amazing, and I'm so excited to see this. You know, I'm excited to I see because I've been calling I know. you. I left like three messages in the last couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> so so we get to a place where we understand you're at ninety percent overall energy. Uh, offset in terms of production versus consumption. Okay. You're at 75% in territory in this particular case of uh, 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 overall, was it behind, self-consumption that we called it? Behind the meter. Behind the meter self-consumption. Mm-hmm. 75% is really what you're offsetting with PDM materials, batteries, right? So 90% is what you're kind of, you're creating relative to your consumption. Right. 75% is what you're able to actually utilize, right? That's right. And you've got something like 40 and change on Direct PV to consumption and like thirty and change on the shouldering or the battery loads. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So when you look at the financial Uh, analysis, uh, how does that kind of pencil out for you know average homeowner? Right. Right. So let's jump over to this uh, is a Helco client. That's right. 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 Okay. Our our energy rates are through the roof right now. I'm not sure what Helco is. But, I, mean, I know Nico,
2: they've all recently gone up again, yeah, right?
0: Yeah, um, is exactly. literally penciling at like 36 when you take fuel surcharges and uh, the recent increases uh, yeah. of the POC. So here's,
2: okay, so what we're looking at here on the analysis screen, and we've already run this analysis, and we just looked at a, a, a customer who's paying cash in this case. Yeah. make it simple. Uh, so here's the price and the net costs and so on, but what we want to What's your really, price
0: provide on this? <laughs> just curious. Uh,
2: so net solution cost is five fifty-eight a watt. Right. So that that's including the storage cost as well. Right. So you're okay. so this is a,
0: a solar edge LG? Is that what you're working on? Uh, it might be a is Tesla. Tesla. Yeah. Okay. G five Tesla. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So okay, okay, you've got one thirteen five and five kilowatts of solar?
2: Yes. Okay, uh, gotcha. Eight point six kilowatts oh, 8. of solar. 8.6
0: kilowatts of solar. Right, right. right.
2: Exactly. Let's come down here and look at the yeah. electric uh utility bill savings okay so here's the average monthly bill without the solution we're about 375 a month yeah okay now we do two separate analyses here we're looking at pv only and then the pv plus the battery right and so that's beautiful without the storage your monthly bill is drops from three seventy four to two twelve.
0: We're looking at that uh, PV only uh, direct to load uh, portion of it, right? Because right. t- no details. storage, yeah. right?
2: Now we add the storage, and our bill drops now from two twelve yes, to yes. one thirty seven. All right, so you know we got a mo- average monthly bill savings of two hundred thirty seven bucks. Wow! Right, and now we can come down here. And of course, these numbers would all be better with those uh, less expensive prices, Uh, but we got avoided cost of power. So for solar, the avoided cost of power is about 18 cents a kilowatt hour. This is great though. The avoided cost of power for storage, 24 cents a kilowatt hour.
0: What does that mean? Avoided cost of power for storage. Okay.
2: So essentially for all of the kilowatt hours that you're storing and then, Using later, okay. we're just talking about that set of kilowatt hours. Right, right.
0: How valuable are they? Okay. Okay. That's considering That's the, the investment, the net cost investment. Yes. Right. Okay. That's the delta. Right. Right. Well, the it, it's the savings. Savings, not considering the investment. Right. Okay. Right. In the case of, it's, it's the utility bill
2: savings. Gotcha. The Avoided cost of the power that you would have to pay. Okay. Right. LAC so is just like levelized. Uh, levelized uh, avoided uh, cost of energy. Yes
1: nice new term so it's showing that your battery is increasing the value of pv from 18 cents to 26 cents a kilowatt hour gotcha
0: oh so it's ac okay acp solar acp storage acp storage is without solar acp solar plus storage yes and then that's the combined long-term version of those three yes 28 30 41. exactly which is a pretty i mean even at this number is it Hugely compelling. What 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 are your uh, assumed inflationary possible of electricity in this model? In
2: this one, we assumed
0: four and a half percent, which is modest because I think we're six eight historically, right? At least in Hawaii, right? So, so that's uh, that's pretty awesome. I mean, that's that's very aggressive. This is
2: the as I said. This is the CSS. Okay, I want it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> Turn it on. Turn me on right now. <laughs> yes.
2: So, so you get it? Uh, probably next. Probably next week. Um, so we've got a, uh, a couple of folks who are doing some tests on it right now. Yep. We've got a couple of other little tweaks that we're making. Yeah. But uh, it'll be out very You're soon.
1: A perfect beta tester. I've been, been Mike's
2: beta for the last three years. Well, I, <laughs> essentially, essentially well, I, I kind of really was asking. Um, <laughs> so we've got a new proposal. It incorporates the storage. It's very dynamic, the document itself, yeah. so uh, if you have just PV, it'll just output the components of the PV. If you have solar and storage, it'll have um, the storage as well. And of course, as you know, you have complete control over what it is you want to actually show. Yep. we uh, will provide this out-of-the-box
0: proposal. So having on-grid uh, battery uh modeling capability and the proposal is just massive right now and
2: yeah and being able i mean this is a uh, although like those graphs if you were sitting down in front of a customer you can easily they can visualize what's yeah. going on with the energy and why it's so much more valuable smart energy solar home proposal yeah. Why do you want to do this? Well, you're going to pay the utility $111,000, your or you're going to contracts. save $106,000. Do it. So your PV system, energy storage system, mm-hmm. get some uh, description. Numbers. Right. Right. Exactly. This this is a, a this was done for a local customer here in Anaheim. So numbers are definitely a little different. Not quite I as like the duck not curve. quite as beneficial.
0: That's fun to have in a proposal. I've never had a duck curve in a proposal so before. So this is this is um, particularly
2: for California customers. You really need to understand why you even need uh, to have solar or I mean uh, storage.
0: You have a bigger you know? conversation with your client than we ever had before, right?
2: There is this issue. The utilities are fighting against solar and they can take away net metering. And so we can point wow. to Hawaii but 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 the folks yeah, here ha- in California haven't experienced that yet. Sure, so sure. Right. hey, you wanna Hedge you, your bets, right? There's there's, there's there's a the, lot of value uh, here. Right? Of this is exactly happening. the yeah. relevance um, and why the energy storage is so cool. How it's going to operate uh, in your particular case, and then of course uh, all the numbers. So how are you going to pay for it? What are your annual yeah. savings? Yeah. Uh, this one's good because it compares the utility stand with the utility yeah. to. You know, going solar with storage and your overall savings based yep. on
0: how are you going to pay for it. Nice, nice. This and is really cool. I love it. I need, uh, I need access to this right away. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, <laughs> my guys are trying to sell and it's like, it's not, this is beautiful by the way. So this has been my... This Michael. guy, he's the You're the, the guy. I kind, felt the that. I kind of felt that. I kind of felt that. I already shoulder. So Eric. Done an amazing what, job. what was the challenge like in terms of developing this uh, on-grid storage modeling? What were some of the challenges you encountered?
1: Uh, Understanding the right way to model the battery. Yeah. Running you have to run a whole simulation for a whole year hour by hour. Yeah. And uh, every time you tweak something with the P V configuration you have to rerun the simulation. So making sure everything stays in sync and that yeah. you know we doing the full analysis. Do you
0: one, one question for you and for both of you is uh, have you considered different um, uh, like demographics, not so much, but people and usage styles, behavioral patterns. So, for example, I'm retired, I stay at home, my load profile is slightly different than uh, go to work, drop the kids off at school, we'll come back, you know? Yeah. So, um, I'll
2: point you at this real quick. Yep. So, this is, we're, this is showing that we're actually modeling every single cycle of the battery so for the first 10 years because in this one we went with a 10-year replacement schedule but um, you can see the capacity percent average depth of discharge so it's showing you all of the actual cycles of the battery so we're actually modeling that entire degradation of the battery throughout this time period as well. So that's what it's is reflecting. This, is
0: this product specific? Like brand yes. specific? So it's oh, like yes. Tesla or LG Battery or chemistry,
2: or, all of the coefficients of, you know, all the, the parts, are, are all products all available? There? I
0: mean, are certain products? Uh, so
2: here? we have a number of them. We don't have all of them. We have the uh, Pica, the LG Chem, the Tesla, the Enphase, um, a few others as so well. This,
0: this last month, we actually installed a uh, Pica, Tabuchi, lg storage uh, lg storage so, uh, mm-hmm. solar edge and a, a blue ion oh okay so i mean the diversity's out there blue ion yeah. hank rogers tesla guy uh, yeah. blue planet right. foundation right. blue planet energy right right uh, yeah um so
2: anyway i just wanted to point that out and we also have the ability to do uh modeling of um your charge and discharge yeah. so we've got a, just a, a couple of them that are pre so this is maximize self-consumption yeah. of course for the Hawaii case in particular, nice. uh, we have others though that are just about charging and discharging uh, in order to offset time of use, so peak, peak uh, times right. as well. Um, so you had mentioned the load profiles. The Department of Energy has built all of these models for you know what the average usage profile looks like. Yep. So we, we use those, but we've now got the tool here. So this is, this is showing a typical load profile, but you'll see over here we've got a customize button. So you can actually take these and you can completely configure your own load profiles, save them, and then apply them to your customers. So you have a different kind of customer where you know, oh, this this customer they work from home all the time. Or,
0: yes. So how do you customize a set of questions? Or are you, uh, no, no, in variables?
2: No. no, well those are, okay, so this is where your uh, your experience and knowledge as a professional comes into play. Yeah. We're not going to do that for you, oh, yeah? but you're going to be able to come in and use the tool to adjust the load profiles the
0: way you see fit. So is it like, a, like, are we, are we just pushing and pulling the bars down? Absolutely. So <laughs> I'll see. click customize here. I like it. <laughs> that was yours, right? <laughs> uh, so
2: now you'll see, wanna... I, click I, click, I click the customize no now. And so, yeah, okay. So let's say, you know, they've got yeah, more of their usage here. at night, right? Oh, sure. So oh, it's going to, it's going to, you know, pull. pull. I see. I see. They're all, all interacting? Yeah.
0: Alrighty, So that was um, a little bit of time with Solar Nexus with Michael Palmquist and Eric Wiener was a the A lot name. of time. We, we, geek out, <laughs> we geek
1: out really, really hard. <laughs> we
0: geeked out pretty hard. We want to reserve more opportunity to talk with another design software, uh, Aurora Solar. You can find that online, Aurora Solar. Uh, let's check that one out now.
1: So
3: with Aurora, it's an end-to-end solution for residential and commercial customers. So what does that mean? Well, it does three basic things that I think does better than anyone on the market. So first off, you'll be able to see exactly how many panels are going to fit on a residential or commercial roof or ground. Then you can see exactly what the energy production is going to be for that site. And then you can do all the financial analysis to determine payback period and how much money that customer is going to save with the And then it all filters into a really nice sales proposal. So those are kind of the three basic steps, or four steps. But in between each step, there are quite a few features uh, that I can walk you through today. So, uh, first off, we have a full database of components ready for users when they log in. So let's say you're company A and you're using Canadian Solar, Trina, specific watt modules, you can do a quick search in our database and then favorite them. So when you're designing, all you see are the components that you use. Same with inverters and utilities and rates. From there, you can then put in the customer's information and then input their electric bill. And it can be done several ways. So one way, it's more common on the commercial side, is green button data or interval data. So we have the exact load profiles to properly model their consumption. But let's go through a very common scenario in solar. You're talking to me, I'm selling you a house. You know, JT, I spent 250 on my bill last month. How big is the system going to be? What is it gonna look like? How much am I gonna save? So with just that information, it can be very difficult to properly do consumption modeling. But what we've done is we've built in a way by entering in one month of data, it'll estimate the rest of the year based off local consumption habits and weather data. Um, we then allow you to do consumption modeling throughout the day. Nice. So you can hypothetically show if the customer owns a vehicle, uh, what's the increase in usage going to be? Uh, electric heating, um, and then once the imagery or sorry the consumption has been input, then it starts with the design. And we've added several options for our customers because it all starts with good imagery. So you can start with a Google image. You can also compare Bing imagery, which in some cases is, is great. Yep. Uh, but something we recently announced was our integration with NearMap imagery. Right. So with those images, you can get measurements within seven centimeters of going on site. So is NearMap uh, like significantly better than Google and Bing? Much better. They'll talk about why it's better, but what I will tell you is my background was solar design. Mm-hmm. A Google image can be skewed, taken at an angle where the west side Looks like it has double the square footage compared to the east side of the home. And if you rely on that, you could put a, a quote together showing, showing three kilowatts on the west, one kilowatt on the east, then you come installation and you realize you completely got it. It instantly does the ridges. Yeah, so um, the next step in the process is drawing out the entire roof. And based off what our software team developed, it'll draw in all of the hips, ridges, valleys, and eaves for you. You can then add dormers, time. it yeah. saves a ton of time. Um, fire code setbacks can be added. Now, what this is showing is LiDAR data, uh, which we source from NOAA and USGS, and that gives you the pitch and height of the building without ever doing a site visit. Nice. So that's gonna save on truck rolls and customer acquisition costs. From there, you can analyze the rooftop and add in all of your obstructions. Now, it's, it's aesthetically pleasing for the customer to, I guess, show that you did your homework, mm-hmm. but what it's going to do as well is calculate the shading losses from these obstructions on the rooftop. So the developer or the salesperson will understand which areas are going to be best for solar access. Right, so this is not
1: just an obstruction, can't put a panel here, it's literally going to map Correct. exactly what you're not gonna get Heat out mapping. of it panel. Yeah.
3: So Great. it'll do both. So we have auto design features, which a lot of the salespeople love, because they can tell Aurora just do the work for me and it'll avoid them. And then once obstructions have been added, we also model trees. Now we can adjust the trees exactly to the LIDAR measurements and that's going to give us bankable shading which has been validated by NREL okay. and all the rebate authorities. So bankable shading is great because you don't have to drive on site to climb on the roof of this sun SunEye. So you're getting rid of liability. Love doing that. Also hours of driving on site and scrubbing eyes. And I used to scrub so, eyes and it's not fun.
0: So that actually, the amount of time saved and what you've just described. So we're, uh, just to give some clarity, we have yeah. a renewable energy-themed uh, talk show. We also have an EPC in Maui. So we've, done, we've been through this kind of arc of technology over the last decade. And I myself have been up there doing solar metric eye readings on you know each of the corners, each corners of those of the arrays, arrays. Yeah, exactly. and you know on tile, you know my um, not so uh, light uh, body mass can actually create some problems break a up tile. there, yeah. break a number of tiles. So yeah. the idea, the, the the savings in that is just remarkable, yeah. and uh, so that's 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 huge. I mean the uh, the fact that you can get that level of precision with that level of speed, it, what, what what we think about in the solar industry is like how much time does it take you to develop this kind of a proposal that 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 creates the aesthetic and the precision and the interest for, that they can show to a client, they can say, yeah, these guys know what they're doing, Yeah. and I'm willing to put $40,000, $50,000, 70000 down. Now, one of the things that we're dealing with in the Hawaii market is uh, storage. Storage, yeah, of course, is all across because the street. You,
3: you need it in Hawaii. But in Hawaii, yes. it's
0: it absolutely a prerequisite to selling. We're, we're, for, we're three, we're three have, years yeah. post MAM, almost four, four. Uh, wow. we need. I love the setbacks, that's a California thing. We don't have setbacks in Hawaii yet, by the way. Really? Uh, no, don't. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we have a little <laughs> yeah. more flexibility, but that's beautiful. Yeah. So um, you know, do you are you do you do you, uh, load, you have the load profiles? I noticed the EV, the electric, mm-hmm. the hot, solar hot water, all the different things that you could select, which is really sophisticated. Uh, are you working with on grid batteries in this product? Uh, where are you at with the load modeling? Can we size yeah. consumer self supply? That's really. The thing. We're not there
3: yet. Okay. Okay. We're working on it. Right. So right now there is not a deliverable for users to use battery modeling right um the reason it's not out yet is because we like to have everything validated we sure. want to make sure we get it right
0: there you go uh aurora is really an amazing organization and, and they, they you know their value proposition a number of them but one of them was really that uh that, that high imagery and the ability to create these really accurate designs
1: yeah absolutely i mean you're talking about being able to tell people exactly what they're getting out of the system as opposed to well this is what the system could create if the sun was shining on it from noon all day long, <laughs> there was a really good, really good mention in there from Nearmap. They're they're using that Nearmap data, uh, so we're going to hear from Nearmap now. Near, like I said, Nearmap is a company that just provides aerial imagery, but there's it's fundamentally different than your regular satellite Google Maps. So let's listen into them.
0: Okay, so we're here with Tim Frank, Senior Director of Marketing. At Nearmap, I'm really looking forward to this. Yes. Yeah, this is actually—I've heard
1: <laughs> of you from other people, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. I hope that's good. Yes, yeah, probably very positive.
0: So, thanks so much for joining us. Of course. Yeah, thanks for having me. We'd really love to just kind of get a sense of your company, yourself. Get us kind of start at the beginning, get in, us help our listeners understand
4: what you do. Perfect. Yeah. So, Nearmap um, is actually a publicly traded company, believe it or not, um, that was headquartered in Sydney, Australia. Our headquarters are still there, but. We've set up headquarters in the U.S. also in South Jordan, Utah, which is just outside of Salt Lake City. And we've been operating in in the U.S. for about four years now. Uh, We started flying in Sydney um, almost 10 years ago. And so the aerial imagery market is rapidly growing and advancing. So many folks are used to satellite imagery. It's been around, it's ubiquitous, Google Earth, Bing Maps. And it's great, it powers a lot of consumer applications, but a lot of times the need in uh, more business uh, use, especially with solar, is accuracy and recency with imagery. So with satellite you could be looking at imagery that's, you know, years potentially out of date, and the detail that it provides is less than what's needed for commercial use. I'll give you an example, vents and pipes no solar installer wants to have to deal with change orders it's just inefficient it costs more yeah. money for both the installer and potentially the client yeah. and so to the extent that you can minimize the amount of time that you're sending crews vehicles spending uh you know money on gas to get people on site yeah. where truck you could, are where yeah. exactly truck rolls where you could minimize that and, and find the details that you need without that all the better so that's what high quality imagery does. And so you know, NearMap has patented wow. patented camera systems that are fixed in aircraft. Oh. You could think of it almost like mowing the lawn in the air. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we cover 430 urban areas across the US regularly, up to three times per year. So it's very, very current imagery. It's all consistently captured at a three inch GSD. That stands for ground sampling distance. And for those who don't know what those technical acronyms mean, Basically, it means one pixel on your screen represents that much space on the ground. So one pixel represents just under three inches on the ground. Okay. Gotcha. So high quality, about four times what you would get with free satellite imagery. Got it. So you're um, you're flying these planes. You have this uh, special.
0: Uh, image capture capability—it's very granular. And from an installer's perspective, you know, to have access to the like, you probably have oblique, and you probably have top do. down—the whole the whole gamut. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So and you're able to pre, even maybe maybe even pre, uh, uh, sit down with the client. We call them sits, right? Yep. Pre sit, be able to
4: have uh, comprehensive, reliable uh, layout work
0: at your disposal.
4: Absolutely. Yeah. From from a qualification standpoint, or even just prospecting. You know, and there's a lot of detail that has to be seen before you realize: Can I do this job? Is there going to be enough output? You know, are there things that are, con- you know, going to constantly create obstructions or shading problems? And so, you know, to the extent that you can do that without a truck roll, all the better. And and recency plays into that. You know, if you've had a property that's been around for a lot of years, there may be changes in it that change those conditions so it's timely as well it's timely as well so it's a a matter of seeing it updated and then the the resolution on top of that and we're a cloud-based solution so you know it's not hey let's wait for the imagery to get delivered somehow it's simply a login and access to it so
0: who are your clients are you selling to um,
4: software systems or installers themselves or It's an interesting question because here we are at Solar Power International but the industries that we actually serve are varied. We uh, work with roofers, landscapers, pavers, Mm -hmm. of course we work with solar uh, installers and anybody who provides services that deal with locations and being able to find intelligence and data about that location, architecture, construction, engineering, uh, municipal government, insurance. Uh, utilities. So it's a real varied and, and wide audience base. Some of them are smaller uh, businesses, some of them uh, are more mid and then we have large enterprise customers as well. Right. Yeah. So um, and what is the difference
0: with NearMap? Or, or Near
4: are we looking at is it
0: a matter of granularity and timely uh, uh, capture and then accessibility because it's cloud-based, something like that?
4: The combo of all of that, um, so being able to access that type of data immediately is a big thing. If if you're used to um, the model that's existed in the aerial imagery market, it's kind of been like this. Hey, go fly this area, we'll spend a, a lot of money and we'll have you fly it at a certain specification that we need. And NearMap came in and said, well look, there's a general need for high quality, crystal clear imagery, but rather than waiting for somebody to ask for it flown, let's find the population centers in the US that are going to have the majority of the need on a regular basis and just fly so them like on a regular basis. Yeah. I remember that type of other model, and I think the
0: counties or the states were the clients. Correct. Is that correct? Exactly, yeah. yes. That's right. So and as opposed to that, now you're you get a regular schedule, regular flight pattern, <laughs> right? Yep. Which is like you said, mowing the lawn, which I exactly. Like. That's great. <laughs> yep. That's great. Yeah. And then so that data is constantly updated. <laughs> the granularity is there, and then yeah. when you want it, you can you can access it and purchase it, Correct. Right. So yeah. what is the um what are the, the if I like because I'm an installer, right? So what you're yep. talking to me right now. Which you're talking about right now, to me, it gets me kind of like, oh, I'm I'm interested. My yeah. appetite is kind of peaked here. So, right. how do I go about getting access to this uh, technology? So, this, you can uh, either
4: subscribe to Nearmap directly. It's a great question. We have our own uh, viewer that's called Map Browser that you simply log into through a standard, uh, excuse me, through a standard web browser, Chrome, Safari. So easy but even more purpose for um, purpose built for the solar industry. Uh, we have integrations with some of the bigger PV design tools such great. as Aurora and Helioscope where right. if you're using those tools you're used to looking at default satellite imagery within them yep. you can simply select NearMap as a higher quality premium data source. We were
0: looking, we, we interviewed Aurora a couple days ago and we know the guys at Toolbase very well and yep. so we were looking at some of your data I think uh, a, a couple days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I did say I was other like, people well, were talking this about this. This is a whole different <laughs> level here. Yeah. And it also produces, from the sales side, a really uh, beautiful
1: uh, I, mean, I, th- I think sales that's part proposal. of it. Once you go to that it final, really final proposal, it, it's it's a gorgeous piece of, of uh, final product. Yeah. That's exactly right. And then right. you go yeah. further down the
0: road when you're actually at the, let's say, the staging side or the site eval side, you're able to do, you have more accurate uh, data and plans so you don't have to spend as much time on roof or all yeah. the rest of that, right? Yeah. That's yeah. kind of the core value.
4: Exactly. Think. Yeah. and and. Clients love to see high-quality proposals or quotes that actually show a good, crisp image of what the project's going to look see, like. Maybe what it looked like before. Who doesn't like aerial? Who doesn't want? Of their who house? doesn't want all that? <laughs> and and the more data and, and uh, details they can see, the better. Right. You know? Nice. So, um, Aurora
0: Toolbase. Uh, you would log in. You select that as a as an option. Right, yep. Basically, yep. and you'd be able to incorporate that into your or you can go directly sort of through their system, as you said, correct? Right.
4: Yeah, and where near map is not as much focused on being the actual PV design tool, so sure, sure, you could go into near map and you could lay out measurements on a uh, given location, so you could in, in all three dimensions, so you could do height, you could do length, width, area, even with. Uh, Roofs now, residential roofs, and even commercial roofs, we now have functionality that will let you measure the pitch or slope Mm. of a roof uh, right within the tool. But, you know. You you wouldn't use NearMap to lay out panels. That's mm-hmm. what these other tools are for. Sure. We want to be a premium content layer that can be easily integrated through our APIs into whatever purpose-built application might be the best tool to use for those really purposes. Broader sure. client yeah. base, right? Exactly. So yeah, a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of interest. Yep. I'll ask
1: you a little more detailed question. Obviously, you're taking taking um, vertical and, and oblique, as you said. Do you do um, 3D data points? We do as that? well, okay. yeah. So our, I have our, to tell you. My brother flies uh, the the heavy drones for Hollywood and stuff. I'm very, oh, nice. familiar, I'm very familiar with the stuff. He does lower altitude flights and things. Of and I've seen all
4: these all the software he uses. Mm-hmm. So the, <laughs> the tech, you know, it's so cool. The technology is advancing so rapidly. Drones definitely um, are becoming another u- ubiquitous data source, and mm-hmm. and they're very uh, you know helpful for projects. Of course, once you start getting to bigger areas of land, large areas of land, you know, it becomes difficult to scale drones. But they yeah. all have their purpose in the bigger picture, sure. and uh, literally and figuratively, I guess. Uh, but our aerial imagery is able to capture large swaths of land. You know, again, these huge urban areas. And getting back to the 3D mm-hmm. question. Imagine city scale or full metro scale 3D captures, both DSM, which is digital surface models, as well as 3D textured mesh. It's powerful. LiDAR's been around for a long time and it gets all that elevation data, but LiDAR itself doesn't necessarily have the images with it. So when you get that elevation data and then you layer on top of it um, high resolution aerial imagery, what you have is a photorealistic visualization uh, that you can examine you know from any angle. from any angle it's immersive Yeah, yeah. yeah it's really,
1: really and, really and so yes software. we
4: are doing that for the largest um, 78 uh, urbanized areas in the US we're capturing full 3d uh, textured mesh DSM and of course the standard oblique yeah, and yeah. and uh, ortho imagery as yeah. well fantastic yeah
0: so Good. will that be available in like uh, online map kind of thing? I mean, Is that where you're going to see it? So
4: to, yeah, today our ortho, uh, which is called NearMap Vertical, and our oblique product, um, NearMap oblique, is available through our own map browser, cloud-based access. Our 3D um, is available in various formats to be ingested into more commercial-grade tools, such as um, Autodesk's Revit, mm-hmm. you know, AutoCAD, uh, Esri's ArcGIS Pro and systems like that. So uh, as far as the file delivery for these big 3D files, they're massive files. They can sometimes be gigabytes in size. So we're still working on uh, the right delivery formats for that, but we have some that are readily available right now with just uh, files. Yep. So what's the future for NearMap?
1: I mean, you talked about three inches now. When do we get to? And one and one? <laughs> so resolution
4: resolution is when you always resolution yeah, yeah, always flies. Yeah. on the yeah. building. Right. I apologize. <laughs> I'm dominating the conversation. This is no, very much a software
1: thing, and that's my my thing.
4: Well, and that's what's exciting about this technology is it's continually advancing, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and so resolutions will get higher. Yeah. Um, but you know what also is really exciting about yeah. it is, the data that uh, that you have, represents a huge opportunity in terms of automating and extracting features but without having manual scans or people manually picking them out. So machine learning based applications, that's where the future is is rather than having to look and see well which homes don't have solar panels or which do, mm-hmm. have machine learning tell you all that. Right. It detects all of it. Have it detect, you know, which homes have shading, which ones have trees or no trees. All of those attributes of course, that's where the power is. And the more premium the content is that the uh, machine learning or artificial intelligence types of applications can use, the more accurate they are. Right. So, pretty cool stuff. That
1: that could be a lot of fun because you you go in and install something, five years later, the trees have grown. And with with timely data like that, it'll tell you. Right. So, you know what? You really need to tell your client here that they're (laughs) losing some power and they should call their uh, landscaper. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So. Good fun. I, I, I really enjoyed that. <laughs> Next. Yeah.
0: Well, I know. I mean, um, so do you see, well, one question that I have actually is, do you do business in Hawaii? Because we're based in Hawaii. So yeah, that yeah. tends to be an issue. It, you know, yeah. it's a
4: good question. In fact, we've had a few people ask at the show about uh, Hawaii or other islands. One thing that tends to be a little bit of a challenge with islands is there's always a lot of cloud cover mm-hmm. around them. So in terms of aerial flying captures morning. where you're flying, yeah, exactly. There's a time of day issue that we can work with there. But to answer your question, um, you know, briefly, no, we have not yet captured Hawaii. Mm-hmm. We know that there's, uh, you know, requests in that area. There's requests for other areas where we haven't expanded to. So right now we. Can't capture US, uh, New Zealand, and Australia. Um, and we're looking at uh, opportunities to continue to expand that footprint into other countries and, and other areas yeah so very very hopefully good. we'll get in your neck of the woods at some point yeah because I mean I want to be able to use it right now right so exactly. that's why I asked the
0: question so all right well is there anything else that you'd like to kind of share with the community the listening community about your product or about the evolution of the product or
4: no just that uh, you know if you haven't already had a chance to uh, learn about near map and um, you know some of the differences Uh, of Nearmap versus other imagery sources, you know, I encourage you to to do that. And it's an exciting and rapidly evolving space in in technology that's used both in, again, in the solar industry and and a host of others. So, uh, you know, as GPS and mapping and imagery gets better progressively, you're gonna see some really, really exciting applications get born from all that. Absolutely. Yeah, and when we have better data you can do more do more with it. <laughs> is there a trial I and mean, for people that are interested, is there a free trial place that they can go and take a look at the the quality? Yeah so if, if you go to our website which is go.nearmap.com, uh you're able to request a demo, there's sample imagery that we can provide, and then you know you can see locations or or areas of interest uh, at, at full scale. So uh, full resolution. So we're we're happy to provide those types of walkthroughs on the, the trial front. There are cases where we'll provide a trial, but typically what we do is just show you your areas or or location of interest in a demo. And then uh, at that point, you know, we have subscription plans that are tailored from whatever size organization you are so that you get uh, exactly, you know, what what will fit your business best.
3: Nice.
4: Excellent. Really do appreciate the time.
0: This has been Tim Frank, Senior Director of Marketing at Nearmap.com. I really appreciate it. And thanks so much for joining the Solar Coaster
4: with us. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me today. All right. All right. Aloha.
0: Jay, I mean, you know, that that uh, that AI section of the conversation where we were talking about being able to map an entire community and then just I I see like a whole bunch of solar systems being designed. And then, you know, you can just see where the optimal opportunities are. That's the fun stuff.
1: Yeah. So they're they're providing the data. The AI goes out and decides, well, these people don't have solar. These people don't have solar. And then something like Aurora, where you can push the button and say, you know what, just do it for me. Uh, It's basically just going to make your job obsolete. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> i just want to be like solarize all of county you know and <laughs> just well, watch it, watch I, it I think that is the mission right <laughs> right very good very You're good to do that just accelerate it. anyway okay jay what do you want to talk all about right. i know we got a future focus thing i do want to I, we, we're trying to get into doing our finance section and to mr uh, fellerman out there we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna hit this really robustly in the upcoming weeks but for this episode we're gonna do our future focus and uh jay what, what's the one you wanted to hit well,
1: you had you had sent me this a couple weeks ago actually yeah. it's kind of old news but solar power world was reporting that they swiss company insulite has reached 29 percent efficiency for a new unique design of solar panel Um, really really kind of interesting stuff Uh, i'm not so sure i'm sold on it (laughs) so what they're doing is they have a glass uh cover sheet over the traditional panel so it's a little thicker than your average solar panel Uh, but that cover sheet is a whole bunch of lenses and those lenses focus in the the light that's hitting the glass into tiny little chip sized, um, super high efficiency, like space grade, uh, panels, but then it doesn't need the whole thing in the back. Doesn't need to be all Silicon. It's got little, lots of little chip. It's focusing the light on the first thing I thought of was that, well, that's great. Except that when you kind of, the sun goes across the sky, this, the sun light is going to be focused on not the chip and then it'll pass across the chip and then go off the other side as the sun transits across the sky. Right? Well, They have actually, of course, thought of this and the backside actually moves. Back and forth. But you know my opinion about moving things mechanically, wait, shifting wait. So, so the, 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 the back sheet. The lens versus the back sheet
0: moves relationship to one another. That's part of the design. Right. The they, well, they,
1: they have to. Otherwise, the, the, in the early morning and late evening, then the sun wouldn't be hitting the actual chip. These, it would look, be off look, the these side. look a
0: lot like those things that were down at the high tech park. <laughs> those yeah,
1: stuff, I, those think so. I think like, so. I think so. It's very cool that they've reached 29%, but no. <laughs> Very nice, very nice. Hey, interesting show today. That is
0: probably going to be one of, if not the last, SPI 2018 uh, series of, of shows, and we did uh, Solar Design with Solar Nexus, Michael Palmquist, Eric Wiener, uh, Aurora Solar, and then also we got into NearMap with Tim Franks, I think is, it was his name. Really great content. You can see the cutting edge of design for our communities for solar right there. Hey, folks, this is the Solar Coaster. Uh, we are sponsored by Pantech Design, Sundrum Solar, and LG Chem, and it's been, uh, yeah, thank you very much for an awesome show. Show.
1: All right, check the website, solar-coaster.com.